The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, everybody. <laughs> We're the winemakers. Thanks for listening. I got a kick out of our uh, countdown there. I, every fast, time the we have to... five seconds in radio. Yeah, every time we do that. Ah... There's the sound. And we are the winemakers, and, and you do have your safety glasses on today. So, see, everybody's coming with all these sound effects, dude. This is perfect. Man. Wine is a. I love yeah, it. Wine I is an all five senses experience. And, uh, you know, since you can't see, drink, taste, smell what we're doing, you, you might as well hear it. Well, I'll tell you what. Someday, maybe Elliot Musk will give us smell o vision. Oh, we could. I think they tried that. The wine podcast that comes with a glass of the wine that we're drinking, there's that'd be some technology I'd get behind. It would. On that that tunnel train or whatever it is they're working on. Oh, on on the Hyperloop. The Hyperloop. Yes. Listen to the podcast on the Hyperloop next week. Well, you can always get in touch with us at the winemakers. And um, we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Yeah, everything. We should be everywhere as the winemakers. And that's two words W I N E and makers so i'm here with sam katuri today of 16600 or 16 boo as we'd like to call hey, it boo. and uh <laughs> from bart bart hansen from dane sellers and lassiter wines how you guys doing today good 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 excellent and brian you doing okay doing okay excellent yeah hanging in there good man um right. we got a, everything's busy i mean did it, brian did you just give up a shift to stay here and hang out with us i just got a call from work saying that i was supposed to be working tonight but uh as of last week when i looked at the schedule i was not scheduled tonight so i plan my week accordingly to spend with you guys <laughs> and uh well, we're glad you're here and we i'm not appreciate leaving it. yeah it's perfect, i'm not leaving man. that's exactly the way it should be so, but when you need to, there we'll hold down the fort. So. I was actually just talking to uh, Chef Andrew Kane and uh, the PR manager there at the Fairmont about doing some sort of event here at the tasting room, like a pop up dinner where all of the wait staff would come in the the Santa uniform. So you could just stay Seriously? here until that happens. And you know what I heard last week is that we are going to Lassiter. Uh, last month they went to Be Wise for a visit, and we're going to Lassiter. And I said. Do we have any Lassiter wines on the wine list? And they said, no. <laughs> so now you'll have well, to buy some. Maybe we're coming over to try something and find yeah. something we like. Yeah, you know, the, um, the wine shop works real well with the concierge there, and we go in and pour wine. Joanne was there a couple um, weeks ago. Yeah, yep. in, the, in the lobby and stuff. So yeah. there's a good relationship. We get a lot of people from um, uh, the Fairmont uh, come and visit the winery. So God, that good. takes me back to the late eighties and early nineties. I mean, that's where Joan and I used to stay all the time. That was it. You know, we never even considered another place. Well, for a long time, there wasn't anywhere else to stay. Well, in you're right. I mean, you had the best Western, the best Western El Pueblo, the El Pueblo, you know, and, <laughs> which are both really nice now, actually. Well, like the, the most expensive Spa best Western in America. Nice. Um, we got priced out over in Napa. I think when a Bears de Soleil went to, Fifteen hundred bucks a night for their oh, casitas. You know, fifteen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you know, it's half the price of brunch. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal, man. Believe me. So Sante was always uh, really good. So yeah, food's good and um, wine's good. Uh, the, the, m- the wine list is good. The, the, the iPad. 
Uh, yeah, you got the iPad. the iPad. Sam loves the iPad. He loves to flip through the iPad. <laughs> I don't know what he's looking at what, through dinner. You're, you're an Apple guy, though. Right? Totally. Apple phone, Apple. Yeah, yeah Mac, got the and, iMac, uh, the iPhone, uh, the iPad. Bart? Oh, uh, more than you can imagine. I'm a stockholder, too. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, well, the uh, first stock I Let's bought was split thir- again. 13. Mm-hmm. So that was a long time ago. And then it took a hit. And then it really took a hit. And I just hung yeah. in, but if you if you bought Apple stock in the oh, was that guy Gill? Uh, what was the, the C? That was a good time yes, to buy Apple right. stock. The late nineties. Mm-hmm. I, I you but know, John Scully was there. Oh yeah, yeah. So when I Gilamayo? back in the old days when I worked at Kenwood, our uh, CFO John Sheila used to always say, "I'm going to buy Apple for our uh, retirement fund," and we all were like, "Okay." And he said, no, "You guys I'm, should all do the same thing." And I didn't do it until, remember when the rumor that um, Steve Jobs was sick mm. and they got so upset and the the stock plummeted and I bought in then. Good so this man. Was early night, early 2000s. Early 2000s. And then, so it's done very well. So my retirement someday, if I ever get to retire, will you is will. padded by Apple. So yes, Apple I will stocks always and buy, yeah. 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 Well, always buy Apple. Bart These also f- bought a bunch of uh, Keith Haring artwork when he heard he, uh, <laughs> he got sick. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, just the glitch, the 1.8% drop on the stock market was, you know, when you get to a point, that makes a big difference. It's like, I can't wait. Holy I shit. I can't wait for that to make a big difference in my yeah. life. It's like, looking forward to that whoa, problem. <laughs> man, wait a second. What happened there? What? You know, yesterday we had all this that's, dough. Sam, yeah. that's the life of the farmer. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can finally buy the Ferrari. <laughs> Hey, we have a Ferrari. It's a tractor. We have a it's Ferrari a tractor. We have a Lamborghini tractor too. Really? Wow. Yeah. You need. I need to photograph those. The, in that's, fact, you've cool seen the, the the Lamborghini tractor is the one that we painted with the, uh, oh, the lightning bolt. Yeah, yeah. That's the old one. Very. I cool. did that with on my KitchenAid Dad. mixer. <laughs> yeah. I put I put a uh, grateful Dead flame. logo. I put flames. <laughs> flames on, <laughs> on your KitchenAid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Hey, well, um, now that we're into June, guys, um, how's it looking in the fields? What's going on? Uh, What's the story? Things are things are looking good. We're into set, which is uh, you know when flowers become little berries and then start to size up and you know go from tiny little green BBs to slightly larger green marbles to you know what will eventually be beautiful grapes. Grapes. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's a really amazing thing that goes on with the way the a grape bunch forms is that. Uh, you have bud break and then you have your shoot growth and then there's what appears to be that bunch of grapes. Right. And a lot of people Sticking photograph it and say, yeah. look at that beautiful bunch of grapes. What they don't understand is that's before bloom. And as we talked in the last ap- episode, anything could happen during bloom. The actual little bunches have to actually open and there is actually a real flower. And then from there it tiny goes... Tiny little delicate flower. Tiny, tiny little delicate flower. And sometimes the cap of the flower doesn't pop off, and that's another problem. But the point is, is that then it gets to the point where we're at now, where you're actually seeing the berries start to develop. And it's cool. It's you know this this is when you start to actually have a sense of you know how much fruit is going to be out there, what it's going to look like for the year, you know, yeah. what, what the year is going to look like. Uh, you know, people make crop estimates early on, but there's really no. You know, unless you're like my dad and you just cut it all off until you get to the number you were shooting for, uh, <laughs> there's really no way to know how much fruit is going to happen until we, you know, we get to where we are right now and things start to size up, and and you can start to estimate. You know, when, if it's when be a good do you guys now. get into dropping fruit? Because I I, I know you want now. all the strength 
to go into what looks like the good bunch. Um, you know, but, but it always kind of seems like such a waste to just cut it off. Well, it is. There is some controversy, although I, I think um, at this point it's pretty well founded that um, you know if you what we're looking for is even ripening. We want to you know I've talked about this before. This my dad says all the time: create order out of chaos. I and, quoted that the other and it's, day, and yeah. it's a it's a order out of chaotic chaos. scene out there Thank in a you. vineyard. Um, Pour some wine for John. That's okay. Uh, I appreciate don't that. don't pour it on the expensive podcasting equipment. So, um, <laughs> where were we talking? Oh, dropping fruit. So, what we'll start doing now is looking for the things that are behind. Things that, you know, as things start to, as the berries start to shape up, uh, size up, the ones that are noticeably smaller or way ahead will start to drop. And that's kind of the first pass through on, on thinning the fruit is the things that are just, you know, way behind. Or usually it's way behind. The things that just, you know. They don't look good now. They don't look They're good. not going to look good. Maybe the there was some, sh- some yeah. shatter. Yeah. Something happened during, during bloom. Whatever it is, you're going to cut that off first. But we'll go through three, four more times between really? now and the harvest. Um, my dad is, is a stickler. And, and you know. Some some winemakers would you know vineyard owners for sure would probably say he goes a little overboard, but um, you know he doesn't want anything to touch. He wants each individual bunch of grapes to to hang. What he says uh, every every cluster should hang with integrity in dappled sunlight. So and hanging with integrity means That's that beautiful. He's a he's a poetry major. He's not a dappled he, sunlight. Not, no, no, like Fresno, UC Davis. <laughs> he went to Sonoma State, studied American literature, like and this. comes up with. Fancy ways of yeah. apples on uh, and, and the idea is that you know every every bunch of grapes is is hanging free. There's no branches or wires or stem. You know nothing. Nothing's crossing. Nothing's touching. Um, and again, when, when we talked about natural. this last you know last last week, it's that level of, of attention to detail that allows you to have really clean healthy fruit that you don't then have to manipulate in the winery and and to to go on to back to our natural winemaking discussion from last week when when fruit is on top of each other all it takes and and i mean a bunch laying on top of the other all it takes is for a bee to go in and pierce one of those or a bird to pierce one of those berries and because there's no air circulation around it immediately you start getting mold growth and then from there, Bingo, right you there. have yeah. problems. And it goes back to that thing. If it's hanging free, then you don't have that problem. You can still have a berry being pierced, but it will dry out and you'll move on with your ripening. So there's a lot to say about uh, Phil's feeling. Hanging that. with integrity and dappled sunlight. Wow. We should put, that on, should put that on a label. <laughs> that, that could be a t-shirt. Yeah, totally. Maybe that'll be the, the Enterprise Vineyards Harvest t-shirt yeah. for this year. Good thing, man. I appreciate it. And we got to break it here on the winemaker. So, uh, Mr. Casey, um, looking forward to, you know, are you even aware that we have holidays coming up? The, the, I know. People say holidays. I'm are there like, holidays in your I think industry? of holidays as Christmas and Thanksgiving. When you don't so have to work. Well, and I'm, holidays. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm a big Indy 500 fan. And, of course, that's, you know, what's happening Right. Memorial Day. And, right. And, uh, you know, that was and the Monaco Formula One that I always want to go to. I mean, that's why. Let's do a remote my, podcast from there one time. Uh, I'd uh, like to. Yeah. I'm we can get to Monaco. That. I'm all about that. You know? It's not far from Chateauneuf de Pop. I got friends. Yeah. It's not. Right. No. We could drive up, stay overnight, and <laughs> just run down. You know, my mom's family is all in the dairy industry, and they, they say there are no holidays because 
cows don't know that it's Christmas or New Year's or whatever. Because got to milk them. So we always say every day is Tuesday. Every and day. that's kind of the same way you know for what? hospitality people. in people. the restaurant industry, we don't same have holidays. No. Mm-hmm. Every day is Tuesday. That's right. Well, I was thinking about this. I mean, I, I, was, I took some time over the weekend, and it was hot, mm-hmm. and I cracked one of your roses. Mm-hmm. Nice and cold. 2015 uh, rosé yeah. agale. The, yeah. the Grenache from last year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Wait, it's stuff. It's 15 or 16. What well, is he, it? I, he hasn't picked up his one club shipment yet, so it was the 15 rosé. He's got the 16. Oh, you did buy a case of yeah, it. Yeah, remember right. that? Yeah. I do remember that. Beautiful. That was my last you bottle. probably so. doing one yeah. of those. I love it. <laughs> Um, so at that point, it was just so good, and I started thinking, how the hell do you make rosé? Is it made as a specific product? Is it just the top bleed off from the rest of the batch? Um, help Is me it out here. White wine that you add color yeah, to? Because it, it was just so damn good on a hot day, beautiful, cold glass. There you go. Um, so at Lasseter, we make uh, rosé, we think about it. We actually. Grow grapes for rosé. Um, there are wineries that use it as a bleed off or a sanier. Um, and then there's um, any number of other ways to make rosé. Uh, I don't think anything or any one of them are wrong. Um, I think there are certain varieties that lend themselves better to rosé than others. We well, do Grenache, right? We do a Grenache Syrah Mouvedre blend. Okay. Um, and, and Sam, yours is all Grenache. All Grenache. Okay. Yeah, and and it, there's you know Pinot Noir seems to work well with Grenache. I refer Rosé. Um, I've seen some Cabernet Francs and Cabernet Sauvignon. Sancerre makes great uh, Cab Franc Rosé. Right, yeah. and and so I, it's, it's all a matter of how you Since how you so, handle yeah. it, uh, Mouvedres, and so how you handle it. And I think the key for me about Rosé is that the alcohol's not very high. Yeah, I think yours is twelve five. Light yeah. and crisp. Yeah. Um, it's it's got to taste good even when it starts to warm up. Um, and th- those are the things. That's the, yeah. that's the really tricky one. Yeah. That's something Peter Mathis talked to me about because we, we did a rosé for the girl in the fig and then he always had his rosé and, and he would try it when it was really cold and then he wanted it to warm up because he said, I make my rosé so that it tastes good really cold and also when it warms up. And that wasn't something that... Um, that I thought about because I just drink it really cold. Well, I mean, if you think about it, when you're <laughs> sitting outside if having a bottle of rosé, uh, just the time that you're sitting there visiting with your friends, it's going to warm up. And if it doesn't taste Not good. mine, Bart. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fast drinker. If I'm drinking rosé and it's 12.5, boy, it's going. Rosé could be the new patio pounder. It is the new patio. What are you talking yeah, about? I mean, it I is I the patio pounder. I some uh, rosé on the patio yesterday. Um, but, yeah, to, to follow up on what Bart was saying, they're – for us, we do both purpose picked, meaning we go out. You know, it's essentially it's our last green drop. Um, we'll go through when we're trying to get that last, you know, get the, get the vineyard to that last stage of ripening. So it's usually two weeks before, week before we're gonna do the pick. We'll do the green drop pick, and that's a time when you know we'd be cutting those grapes and, and dropping them. So we'll collect them, make rosé with that. And then we'll also then signe from the from the crush from that vineyard, and and typically use a little of both. So you, you add them together. You add them together. You're getting you're getting the, the acidity and and that crispness the, the from the purpose pick the the early the green drop, and then you get some fruit and some sugar from kind of round it out round it out from stuff. from the signe. Right. And, and again, in in both cases, it's about. Um, 
rosé, good rosé, it's not an afterthought. It's not, hey, we have some Signe, let's ferment it and see if we can make some, make something make some cheap yeah. wine and get some money out of it. It's, it's you have a plan going into the harvest that this is how we're going to make rosé. This is, you know, the, about how much we want to make, although those numbers are usually pretty fluid. But you said you and did two also, this year. Yeah, I did oh, I'm two. sorry. Well, I was just saying, it also has as much to do with how your vineyard is developing. Mm. You know, sometimes um, for Lasseter, we do the same thing as we go in that last pick and 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 collect some of that. Um, and there's also some parts of the vineyard that just don't show as well for red wine, so mm. we pick that for rosé. So that goes along the same uh, basis. Mm. I think the problem with the when you see a wine that's Sanier, that it doesn't, in my opinion, make as nice a wine, is when it's been put picked at a very high sugar, right. and a, a rosé at 14 alcohol just doesn't right. translate as well. Yeah. well. That's one that won't taste good warm. Well, you want it delicate, right? right? You, I mean, that's what I'm looking for in rosé is, is more delicate flavor. I mean, just like anything, you want balance. Right. Um, when your rosé, you know, has too high of alcohol, too much sugar, you're going to lose that balance because you don't have uh, the structure from from skin tannin like you would in red wine, which is why you can handle 14, 15% red right. wine. Um, you know, you, you have, you know, much, much more delicacy there and, you know, you can blow it out with alcohol. Um, but yeah, to, to your point, I did two rosés this year, which um, if you went to wine business school... They'd say, don't do that. Say, I, I made 75 cases of rosé, 25 from one vineyard and 50 from another vineyard, which is cool. I have identically made, you know, the exact same process and plan. They're both 100% Grenache, two completely different vineyards, and they don't even look the same. That's they, it. They I think that's color, cool. I don't think that's a bad flavor. business model at all. I think that's a that's a cool thing because then people are going to buy both. I want. Uh, I yeah. want to try I I both of them, them back to back. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna pour both of them. Yeah. Instead of just one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Well, now when I was here yeah. for a tasting last week, you were serving slightly warmed. It was on the table. Well, we uh, so yeah. the flavors come out. Um, I I keep my wine fridge at sixty-two. Uh, it, it, well, the the whites are in the low fifties. Okay. So that's a, a little colder than like kind of classic cellar temperature. Um, so that's my Sauvignon Blanc, my Viognier, and the Rosé in the tasting room. Um, you know, unless it's a party and it's on ice, that's the temperature I'm serving it at because that's when you get all those flavors. The the aromatics are, are you know, alive. The esters are, are happening. Um, well, think of it in terms of fruit. Do you eat a cold banana, cold blueberry, cold strawberry right. on the fridge, or you eat one that's sitting out on the Ex- on the exactly. counter, right? Complete, yeah, completely different. Right, and, and remember, a very, very cold Rosé, as much as it's refreshing, it also you know masks a lot of the fruit and a lot of the things. So sometimes it just tastes good, and then sometimes you go, "Wow, look how beautiful that is!" Right. So it's the whole aspect, and and that's the whole thing about the wine. The wine should taste delightful when it's too cold, and also when it's warming up. It's interesting though. See, I never really got into that because I'm, I'm not. I'm a red wine drinker, and you know, working with Brian and now Sam and and you guys. I've started to drink white wines, Sauvignon Blancs. Um, you're, you know, everybody's getting into something that's a little different now, and I'm finding out that it's pretty damn good. Uh, well, the only thing I would, I mean, I've ever had that's white was Chardonnay. That's it. I mean, that was, and I and I really, Chardonnay, I really don't like Chardonnays. I really, honestly. Um, yeah, me neither. 
It also has Wait a minute. Dude. I like that Lyoko that we tried. No, that was a nice shot last oh. week. And then the, the William Salem, the unoaked that uh, that I tried a few weeks ago was really good. But I don't. Um, but but typically maybe you're right. But but John, uh, what just if, my opinion. Um, just one man's opinion. And I, I'm <laughs> talking about you know when it's out here. Um, I have a bad mic cord. Excuse me. Uh, when when you're outside and you're you know I'm I'm heading over to somebody's party this weekend, what kind of wine am I taking? You know I was going to take a nice rosé. How do I keep it cold? I want to take a nice white because it's going to be an outside deal, um, and I don't want to take a wine. I want to take a nice wine because I, I you know some people bring kind of cheap wines over. It's all okay, but you know, but you don't want to take anything you wouldn't want to drink, right? I usually bring wine that I know that I want to drink so that you no matter where I end something up, good there that I yeah, can drink. Something I can drink, <laughs> right. which is so snobby sounding when I say it out loud, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's right. It's the way it should be, honestly. And, you know, to be honest, we're in wine country, and if you go to a party around here, chances are there's going to be other good wine there, but in you, you never know. You never know. Um, and people yeah. around the country listen to us. So when you're in a grocery store and you're heading over to somebody's place and you're going, damn, so what, you should I get something chilled already that limits you automatically. Right. And you know what else do you take, and how do you take care of it on the way over? I mean, it's 90 degrees outside today. I did not want to leave a bottle of wine in the car. Right. I didn't pick up my club shipment until I'm in here. You know, I'll take it home, put it in the, uh, you know, in the wine fridge. So. But you know, a, a bag of ice in the bottom of a insulated bag works real well. You know, uh, we have these little nice. Yeah, those are fancy uh, sleeves you guys. You've got some sleeves. nice cozies going on. Here, um, and you know why that is? It's because. Um, Typically, oh, you don't have enough wine in the refrigerator, bread. and you want to chill something quickly. It works pretty well. Um, so you the freeze ice pack. machine that I use on my knee works really well for too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Couture, doctor, only, only you could figure my, my, out how to cool a bottle of wine while you're fixing your leg. I, I like mean, that. yeah, no, I was, uh, you know, desperate I mean, times, remember, for desperate Casey, measures. he's sheer genius, buddy. I mean, totally. there's a formula. Where there's there, a but, will, there's a way. But an ice bucket with, you know, one-third ice and two-thirds water chills down a bottle of wine very quickly. Um, so that's always very helpful. A little salt. A little salt will uh, expedite the process. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, a, that's a waiter's trick for sure. Is it? It is. is. There, what, I, got some, um, I, I know... In the restaurant industry, they have tricks for chilling bottles extra quickly. You uh, just have to make sure that then your busser doesn't uh, go to fill someone's water up and use the ice out of that <laughs> ice bucket. Yeah, nice. It tastes like you're, oh, I feel like we're on the coast. <laughs> There's some <laughs> salinity in this wine. Yeah. A little just salinity. A, just a little bit. But, John, I, I like spark. You know what? I, n I was never a sparkling guy, and my wife drinks almost exclusively sparkling wine. Um, I think she has stock in Gloria Ferrer. She's, she's mm. a huge sparkling drinker. And I have been anti-sparkling, uh, yeah, I've been anti-sparkling for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But over the last month, I think I'm starting Since to see the... 95 I'm, degrees. I'm starting to see the light. And I think it's just getting good sparkling wine and maybe some pet gnats that are coming out that people are making that are kind of cool. Um, but I, I think that's something you can always bring to a party. 
and know is yeah. get that thing on ice uh, when you get there, and everyone's happy. And you can buy something. You can stop by Sai, Jamie Powers' place. Yes. But as soon know, as she gets reopened. Yep. Well, it should be very old, soon. Her old location, which is awesome and dangerous. Um, <laughs> how's Jeff Cohn doing? Is he open yet? He's he's open. He opened uh, about a month ago or so. So he's or early early May. Um, and you know he does a great. He did a really nice job with the space. It's way bigger and it's brighter cool. than I thought it would yeah. be. Um, and you know, Jeff Cohn instantly raises the bar for the quality of wine in, in, that is available. You know, to walking around the plaza, you know, there was there was always Cayman, there was you know Pangloss, you know the Pangloss spot, uh, you know some of the things down Vine Alley there. Um, but you know, Jeff Cohn is a legitimate like rock star celebrity winemaker. Yeah. Uh, to have him have him stuff. open his tasting room on the plaza is something that you know. A, a rising tide for all of us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, he's a nice addition to the valley, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll we have him, him on. We'll have up. him on, on oh, soon. Absolutely. Generally, just genuinely like nice guy, also. Yeah. So yeah. that helps. Yeah, if he's an asshole, he's I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be on he's here. It's great. <laughs> well, you're right. Talk you know, barrels go, with Jeff Cohn sometimes. Brian, awesome. going back to your comment about uh, bubbly, um, talking with Jamie and understanding bubbly because I'd never had it either, really. You know, so the opening up to whites. Opening up to rosés over the last year and champagne, I mean, bubbly, sparkly wine. But now there's a whole raft out there. I had no idea what it was all about. I mean, how how you even did the ferment, how you double, you know, you turn it oh, to sh- every... Sh- I mean, champagne the real way is... Very intensive. Very labor-intensive. Yeah. So, that's why real. I mean, that's why this really good champagne ends up costing a lot. Now, there's a lot of great yeah. champagne that you can get... Under fifty dollars a bottle, uh, you know, grower champagne from from France. Which, you know, when you think wine. about it, is amazing that you can get a, a really good bottle of champagne for forty bucks. It's amazing. I mean, for all the work that goes when into you're it. talking about Bordeaux, Burgundy, can you get a bottle of Bordeaux or Burgundy for that price? I mean, not that super delicious, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, there's, there's there's great deals to be had out there for yeah. and sort and of undervalued in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Get it while you can because they've had some. Some hail and frost oh, issues be, yeah, this, and yeah, yeah. champagne in the last few years. It's not going to be a lot of it in the next couple of years. Bart's going to buy stock in uh, champagne. <laughs> not this year. Have <laughs> you been out shopping, Brian? Uh, actually, no, I haven't been out shopping. I, I actually we stopped at. Uh, Got to do a trip here. I stopped at Oliver's today because I was kind of looking to see if anyone, any of the people that I knew, did natural wine. If anyone was out there on the shelves and didn't find anyone that I recognized, and and no one labeled. Um, their wines as natural wines, but just kind of seeing what was out there. And um, but it is nice to see, you know, summer's here, so you got a lot of Gruner, a lot of Avarino, um, a lot of Chenin, a lot of Rosé. So the those sections are starting to get a little bit larger. It's good stuff. You know, something to to remember (laughs) about about natural wines in this is that it it is a bit of a phenomenon, and and people are definitely using it to market themselves. Right. and, and, you know, there are people that write books about it and magazines and Lord knows there's blogs about it. My first experience in going to France, which was very late in my career in the um, uh, early 90s, um, we would come across these wineries and they would be like, well, of course we're organic. Sans and we say, well, why don't you put it on your label? And they said, well, it it's not about marketing. It's just what we do. It's what we do. And, um, and, and there are a lot of European wines that are probably organic and almost natural or natural wines, for lack of a better term, 
um, and they just don't bring it up. It's many more f- and uh, so French, Spanish, and Italian. Absolutely. I'm finding, uh, you know, a few yeah. Australian selects, but um, here yeah. domestically, it's just not something that's caught on. But remember, well, when no, it has caught on here, but it's a small little group, and well, they kind of live within themselves. And, and but and I mean, it hasn't caught on themselves. like organic. Remember when organic was a term that was kind of new to everyone, and then and then five years later, you had craft making organic macaroni and cheese that your kids could eat. <laughs> yeah, right. Annie's I, 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 organic I, I, stuff. I, I, and I, I go back to the same, my original comment, you know, at Domaine Comte de Vosges in Burgundy, we said, you're organic? And he goes, well, of course we are. And they said, well, why isn't it on the label? He goes, because it's not important right. for the label. It's important for us. For us. Yeah, what we do. It's important for the grapes. And so maybe someday we'll get to that mm. point where where it's not about, you know, marketing. Right. <laughs> well, you know, look, it is about marketing, but, you know, right now it's moving in that direction. I mean, obviously you see the meter moving in, in organic and natural wines. Things, I mean, Phil, people Phil want does not. Phil Couture is not farm organically because it's a marketing no. position for Sam. No, no. You know. he does it because he loves it. He does it because that's the way to get the wine to express the sense of place. It, he, he farms organically because a you know it's the environmental side. B you know he, he's a we talked about him. You know he's a he's a poetry guy. Uh, he reads Gary Snyder. Gary Snyder talks about watershed politics that you're responsible for every drop of water that lands on or flows through the property that you manage. And and that you're responsible for it. And if you're spraying things out there, and it's the you're in that watershed, and you know we're in Sonoma here. Most of our vineyards are on the mountains. We can see the bay. There's eight million that's people right. out there that are affected right there. by by our our. So that's <laughs> the you know philosophically, but um, farming organically has proven to be the best way to make the the best wine you come in we've talked about a lot you come in with with great clean healthy fruit from strong vibrant vines and there's less work you have to do in the winery and you you get in the way less and you you express that sense of place in in the purest way possible and that's you know that's what we're going for well think about bread so bread you have nice sourdough baguette that was made at your local bakery and then you have wonder bread you have cheese. You have the <laughs> helps build strong you bodies. Have, Twelve ways. You know, you've got the point rays or you know marine French cheese or whatever doing an artisan and cheese, and then Velveeta. You've got beer where you got these you know microbreweries and doing bud. really good beer, and then you have the so so wine is the same thing. You got Rice beer, people man. making a ton of wine, and then you got the the smaller guys making wine. But it's all listed under the same umbrella which just seems sort of weird sometimes well i think the market is figuring that out look at what has happened with craft beers now they've all been bought up will they lose their soul you know i mean heineken money and lagunita style well i don't i'm sure that they don't mind the money okay as long as they continue to do what they've been doing and everybody loves a craft beer i mean god i i mean budweiser i worked for for 20 years can't stand that stuff you know even keebler cookies you know which was my original big ad account, <laughs> 40 years ago, something the like elves. that. The elves, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're having a tough time because they can't sell packaged cookies to people anymore. Because it's not organic. And But they'll go up and pay four, four bucks for somebody's organic cookie. 
and perfectly done, you know, one, but they won't buy a box for a dollar twenty nine. So marketing has changed, seriously. True. And, and, well, and, and consumers and consumers have changed. Absolutely. You know, they're, con- they're consumer, demanding more. Consumers influences yep. consumer um, you know, what they fall in love with, you know. It's people fall in love with sometimes just the brightest thing in front of them. It's like a crow. Well, it's funny. I, I live like in Roner. Yeah, sure. <laughs> man, um, man, I live over in Roner Park, and it's it's, it's funny that we have um, right next to each other. You have In and Out Burger, and you have Amy's Drive Through. In and Out was just downranked as the second best burger, next to Five Guys. That's West Coast bias. Five Guys is that uh, East Coast Texas? bias on that East Coast bias? Oh, you're That's, right. You're right. Absolutely. Was that East Coast? Uh, Five Guys, I think, started in D.C. Okay. Yeah. And but you know they stack up their their potato bags in the place and it makes it look a little more homey and set, you know et cetera. But man, when I got out here, I mean the first place we'd hit was In and Out. I mean come on, you can't get that in Chicago. Right. So. But you see the the lines are long at either place. Actually, last night my daughter and I went to we went to In and Out because Amy's is all meatless. The Amy's drive thru is um, a cool thing over which there. Which love the food, but she just won't do it. Um, <laughs> but the line is long at both places. So there is equal opportunity out there. Well, I hope sales are strong this year and growing, you know, for natural wines, organic wines, the wines wine we want to drink. General. Pardon? For wine in general. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. You know, I mean, uh, lots of millennials. My son drinks sake because he's a big sushi guy and crap beer and says red wine tastes like felt. You know, he's just not into it. Um, it just hasn't found the right one that's right yeah yeah i mean but he he doesn't drink enough of it um or it's just not time you know there's people go through your palate goes through different process as you get older and i remember i used to drink a lot of red wine and then i sort of transitioned to white and and then even varietals you know i was into chardonnay and then uh, right now kind of riesling is kind of hitting my palate in the right way and um and then i'm sure a year from now i'll be drinking something different but it just it, you know you got to go through the process yeah well, he's 28 so i'm 37 years older yeah now when i was 37 i was when he was born i was a vodka guy i mean that was it you know, been there we, too we 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 kept to say i was always oh gin for me Oh, oh, can't. oh God! Can't do that. I, like I, got, I overdosed on it one night, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll even Mike's. go farther. I'm a. I was always a tequila guy. Oh, oh, there's well. some like me- things happening in the mezcal world right now that are there are out of control. There there are. Are. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have to, maybe we'll have to Everywhere. bobble yeah. over it, to the cellar and grab this bottle it, of mezcal for a little <laughs> capper on this uh, podcast. Uh, uh, that's something I can't do. All right, fair enough. No, the three of us had a Joey Benziger moment. I remember at the He's the terrible. wine club parties, we used to do that. Uh, employee family discount parties and by the Joey. you know by 4:30 rolled around uh, uh, Joey's uh, pulling out the tequila bottles yes and, he is yeah and and it's the way it was bam, I mean, bam, bam, yeah. bam. I was never better at a shot of tequila from my years there oh man <laughs> it was good no, to he, the point there was no gag reflex anymore he uh, like, he sits at the uh, <laughs> Jack London pub and 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 hits him so but he's a great guy I love it and he he's taught me great great deal about wine um you know, he's, I think, the first guy I really met. Because I was there, I'd take my dog there every day, and the people were just friendly. We lived in Kenwood and Glen Imagery, yeah. yeah. And Benziger didn't turn me on all that much, but imagery did. There was something about it. And he'd actually work the room. And then I got, you know, with Alec and Dory and all these other folks and just got them, you know, got to be friends. Now I've got to go pick up a shipment. I finally talked him out of some... Um, 
Grenache, 2014. Well, I noticed you had a bottle of Petit Verdot here, too, from uh, yeah, like 2012 wanna, or something. You want to open that? Um, Should we? You know what? Or do we need it? I don't know. How are you guys feeling? Do we need well, a steak need for that? Wine? No, no, no. no okay. We have enough wine open. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, yeah, there you go. That, but that's what Joey was doing at that time. 06, Petit Verdot, chewy, crunchy, big, dark. Now, dark. has that <laughs> been overworked? Or I mean, you guys know Petit Verdot. Yeah, the the imagery the product. Imagery wines in general. Are they? You know that it's unfined and unfiltered. I mean, it's, it's well, I, I mean, Petit Verdot is truly a uh, an outsider wine, right? I mean, it's, it's a truly it's a blending wine. Right? Yeah. Well, it's a late ripener too. It's right? a late ripener, and it's, and it's hard to get people a go heart through. attacks. Never ripener. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just something that's used in very very small percentages to add something that was maybe lost during the vintage in Bordeaux. Color. Right? Color, acid, right. aromas. Um, so he's making a single variety. And he's making a yeah. single variety. That's got balls. I mean, he, he really does. He's Yeah, I'm sure the wine has balls. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It really is. It's real strong, real good. But that's good. I like, I like, the, I like how you pull things apart. I mean, if you're used to drinking a Bordeaux blending, you haven't had a Malbec or a Cab Franc or a Petit Verdot on its own. I think that's cool. That's so what cool is it about a Malbec that I'm not all that shot with? I opened one the other night. I was like, nah, nah I just don't like it. Well, yeah. wait a minute. You're Malbec. talking about one Malbec. Yes, right? I am. Okay. An imagery. So this is like the people that would come into the tasting room. I'd say, we had this really great Zen. And I'd say, you want to try the Zen? They go, I don't like Zen. So well, you've had every <laughs> Zen from every producer up and down California? No. Well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> there you go. Right. I well, mean, Mal- honestly. I mean, Malbec is... Malbec is a secondary grape, let's be honest, right? Except for Argentina. Um, it, it's a little bit, Malbec is to, um, is a little bit like Syrah um, in that a little bit is good, but too much it's overwhelming. And so, in you know, blend, yeah. uh, in a blend, in a, in a Grenache, Mouvedre, Syrah blend, you have to be very careful with how much Syrah you back into it. Syrah by itself is amazing. There are Malbecs by themselves that are amazing. The Mavedra is um, a little strong, too. I mean, isn't that the deepest and darkest of that blend? Yeah, Sram. Is it? Mavedra is this sort of outlier in its own way from a farming standpoint. Um, you know, when you're in a vineyard, one of your indicators of ripeness, sort of, you know, a, a qualitative indicator of ripeness is that the seeds have turned brown and no longer are like slimy and have, you know, the, the, the meat of the berry has softened and the seeds have turned brown and crunchy. Uh, Ma, uh, Mavedra, that never happens to it. Mavedra will be 32%, you know, 32 bricks. It just sugar, keeps growing, huh? And it's, and the, the berries are, are slimy. There's green. They're not crunchy. So it never it never gets there. So it it has those. That's where a lot of those sort of savoriness, uh, the the freshness of Mavedra, you know, bring to the to the you know the blend party. Um, but on its own, it, it can be difficult because it doesn't reach some of those you know more uh, sort of classic indicators of, of ripe fruit. But it's again, a, where you're getting it from? I mean, are you getting it from Contra Costa, Lodi, or are you getting it from? I think if you're at, if you're getting it out there, you're just picking it sooner. Because because really the the sugars will just keep going up and right. and nothing. That's what I've heard about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you could just let that stuff hang. Yeah, well, right, yeah. and and remember in Contra Costa Lodi, it's leafing out a lot earlier than we are, and you know Muvedra's late here. Right. You know, I mean, um, at at Lassiter right now there's some Muvedra and 
that grow right next to some Grenache, and there's a foot difference in the canopy. You can and, that um, that much right yeah. now. Amazing. But in November, when the Grenache has lost all its leaves, and the Syrah's lost all its leaves, and the you know the Cabernet looks like it's going dormant. <laughs> nice save. Yes. Uh, Very well the, done. The Mavedra has green leaves on it in right. November. You know, so. and, and green seeds. And green seeds, yeah, exactly. And it's still not ripe. <laughs> Mr. Casey just uh, got overly excited about uh, that comment about I love Mavedra. Who, lo- yes. who doesn't love Mavedra enough to just throw a glass across the room? <laughs> is that a, is it wrong for a couple of guys to get together on my white shawl? Yeah, on my white shirt. <sighs> Sorry, Bart. No, Bart who wears who wears white to a wine tasting? Actually, you know what? I, I put the white on and then I went and got lunch mm. and instantly spilled. Well, you always spill on something white. Everything right. I own is black. That's why, that's why I'm bringing tie-dye back because you can spill wine on tie-dye all day right. long and nobody Dark knows. tie-dye. I just tell Joan by Wait, everything. Wait, was tie-dye ever out? Well, not, not in my, no. family, not in my no. household. No. I like the 16600 tie dye shirts. By the way, and I want done uh, by my wife. I want to make plug for Alice, by Alice? out there. Yeah, she does. She did, she did all those tie dyes. Cool. She's about to do another I batch like of about 200, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure that we cover Dane Sellers. Bart, how do we how, how do listeners get a hold of you? Some more of this Grenache cuz this is Damn good. You're drinking a my uh, bottle of Grenache. This is the double gold winner at the San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition. You know, it's funny this Grenache I've been so excited about it since the day it was bottled. I've just been opening it and go, ah, oh, it's tasting better than it's ever tasted. And You're not going to have Really, I should sell. have never opened it until kind of now. It's finally starting to really, truly kind of come around. Yeah, it's so, good. Um, well, and we still have uh, 103 cases to sell. So, so you have some. We're so right. only about 100 yes. so far? Right. <laughs> so Dane Sellers on the web is? Uh, www.danesellers.com. D-A-N-E. Yep. Okay. We're yeah. easy to find. Just search us out. Well, can I? I'm sorry. Can I jump in? Because on the last show, I was asking Bart about bottling his Chenin Blanc, and I didn't really get a date. But I'm thinking this podcast is going to be out in June. What is your predicted? Uh, the uh, Chenin Blanc this year is not getting bottled until August. Okay. Um, part of that is strategically um, done, although I am sold out of Chenin Blanc, so it's kind of killing me not you to can't have even any. get any, and he's not released uh, it. Well, and this what is the one we like more than You're saying part of the podcast. Not, no, but this yeah. is the one I'm waiting for, because he did, so he did part in stainless, part in concrete, <laughs> and part in barrel. And I was lucky enough to go there one day, and we kind of mixed them all together. Um, tried them separately and then mix them all together, and it's freaking good. Some, um, so I'm excited about it. I want to buy some, and so this, I'm, it's sort the, of. How do those three differ, Bart? Well, it's really interesting. I was kind of hoping they would be three different wines, and we would bottle 25 cases of each individually. Well, this is Sam's model. Um, <laughs> the bad business which, model, which is the bad business model, which I but, really like. But it's after the creative a, model, it is. You know, it's and, really and, the smart one. And although some of them really sh- showed beautifully. Um, really, the sum of the three is better than any of the individuals. And for me, it's certainly one of the best wines I've made. And it has nothing to do with me. It's just That's where great. the grapes and... 2016. Whatnot. It's. Tw- I mean... It's 2016. It's 2016. Right? It, it, 2016. It's going to be a knockout year. Yeah. Well, Bart just dropped the data. Yeah. So that, that so, Chenin yeah. Blanc is going to be So amazing. we're going to bottle it August you know, 3rd. 
And even though we should wait six months to sell it, we'll be selling oh, no. it on August 5th. Yeah. August 5th, totally. <laughs> Available on the website August 5th. And Sam, your website for 16600 or 16 uh, boo. 16 boo. <laughs> hey, boo. So www winery, the word winery, 16, also a word, 600, a number. Wait a minute, I'm confused. Already. I know. It's what the heck. Who? Can oh, it's right it? on the wall. It says right winery. Can't you 16, see it right on the wall? 600. So, and Bobby's dyslexic because the B. No, he's not. I no, no, the, 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 the B is the B. Yeah, yeah, okay. The B looks okay. like a six. Don't tell him I said that. I, I won't. I'll be pissed at he's me. A, he's Again. around here somewhere. Yeah. He, might, he, might, he's, <laughs> he might come find you. Uh, yeah, so wine, that's my Phil parents. Phil sent me. Yeah, Phil sent yeah. me. Winery16600.com. Uh, you can always just find me on the social medias at Grapes with a View and then kind of follow the follow the trail from there. Uh, I, do, I do social media for 16600 also, but I have more fun with Grapes with a View. But you're good mm-hmm. at it. And thanks for doing it for us. And thanks for sharing everybody. And, and you know that is, it's really been good. This podcast has turned out really nice. We're getting great comments and great listenership had, right out of the box. I man. had people come into the tasting room this weekend who his his wife or girlfriend. You know, you don't ask these questions. Uh, she sent an email <laughs> asking to How come to, was a, to go. She was very cute uh, to do it. Uh, I know he's going to listen now. Uh, <laughs> well, an, I'm like digging, right, digging. He's a he's a club member and he already picked up his six pack. Great so, guy. So I, Great guy. He uh, no. He, 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 Julie sent in a, an email saying that they'd like to come do a tasting, and then immediately Carlos follows up going. Uh, yeah, I'm listening to the podcast. Looking forward to coming in. Came in, joined the club. So, uh, you know, anybody else out there who wants to do that, I encourage it highly. And go talk to Bart and join his club also. Well, shout out to the uh, group that was here before we started the show, the uh, group from Michigan. Oh, yeah. There were six of them here. They were heading up for a tour to uh, 16600 and also to Cayman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said they were going to be listeners of the show. So if you're listening... Hey, thanks for coming. What's up? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, well, okay, guys. Um, next week, uh, next week, Ed, Ed in town. Ed's in town, Mr. Ed Silver, the, the big boss the man boss. of the, the Radio Misfits. We better, pod, we better pod clean father. this place up the, a little the, bit. The, the pod father. The pod father. Yes. So, we just we need Does he we have need a to pinky know. ring. Do we have to pick him up at the airport? <laughs> no, nah, he's coming up by himself. <laughs> okay. Uh, give give our non Apple computers. We a have to spa take him out to dinner and. Um, no, I figured he'd take us out. Oh, that sounds better. That's the idea. Oh, yeah. We're, we're I'm, the, I'm, he's the owner. We're the talent. He I'm, should uh, take us Friday. to dinner for sure. No, he used to be in the talent. <laughs> we'll bring the wine. Well, exactly. you know, I told him, why don't you do a show with us? Because he's, he's, he, you know, he, he wants to go to the Red Grape and get the Zen Rat, which we had there. Combination of Zen and Syrah. Why it ever happened i don't know but i well, was, you know what the secret is that's what prisoner is basically <laughs> is that it uh, don't, don't well, tell me well that. and you know shameless uh, promo the dame sellers zen is on by the glass at the red grape right there now, you so. go Perfect. i know that's why they're not serving my by the glass Ooh, and they're only selling well, hey, oh, you know big enough <laughs> it's for a grudge match i don't know really bumped you no no i think they i was too expensive to be by the glass <laughs> Man, I really don't want to be a Smackdown a right there. Today. We're, Does we're anybody not competitive know? in the wine industry. We're collaborative. <laughs> Does anybody know Ariana Grande? Uh, Ariana Grande, it's Grande? pronounced. Uh, um, yes. yes. Well, from I just got a text from Jeff Pearson. I thought you were going to say you just got a text from Ariana Grande. I pretty much did. Um, huge explosion at a concert in Manchester, oh England. Um, lots of deaths. Socks completely. 
people, get your shit together, man. God damn it. Stop this crap. Stop killing each other. Yeah, drink no, more wine. Yeah, that's it. Mm. So the brotherhood should go on. and it, It's all based on uh, enjoying life. That was the one nice thing on Saturday, Sam sitting outside that made me think about you and wine. Having that Grenache um, rosé out there was just really nice. We took a nice day together, Joe and I. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's... I think over the last year, I've spent every single day with my wife, which is a total turnaround from the last 20 years. And just being able to sit there, grill veggies out on on my deck that's clean and nice, it's just, the summer is shaping up well. You're living Sonoma life. Well, you know, and why not? I am here, so, and we are the winemakers, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sam Katuri, Bart Hanson, Brian Casey, John uh, Myers. Parting shots, guys. Uh, See you anything? next week. Okay. Love you guys. Drink Thanks for wine. listening, everybody. Be good. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com.